Yeah. All right. We are on. <laughs> we are on like a scun and we are doing this thing and we're recording. We've got the camera going. So what, what we will do is we will put this on YouTube if it goes well. Otherwise, do you'll you know never. Yeah. Do you know? Whoa, 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 you ready? I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Didn't want to come out of that. No. That is a sweet riff. Uh, oh. It's just so good. I feel like I feel like you should play more of that later on in the podcast. Like have snippets of it throughout the oh, podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. That is yeah, such a great idea. We can hear like a bit more. Yeah. Like you, you could kind of like like beginning and then something like a like two maybe two slots in the middle. Like yes. break it into thirds and then bam. Mm. Bam. That good. is good. And it reminds me, music on this podcast was written by Jeremy Casella and performed by Indelible Grace. You can listen to more from Indelible Grace and Jeremy Casella by searching on Spotify or Apple Music. Huh? Mm-hmm. huh? And for more but info, to be honest, if you're not already listening to Indelible Grace, then you've missed something. Like, what are you even doing on this podcast? That's true. Like, surely That's true. everyone who listens to this podcast has encountered indelible grace. Surely, surely, yeah. Surely, it's it's just uh, gave it. We gave it a big solid plug uh, the last session. It's just really, I mean, uh, seriously, as a congregation, if you're a music leader or anything like that, you know, um, certainly pastors, anyone who's trying to bring some hymnody back that don't, doesn't have the de facto mm-hmm. hymn book, you know, out before them, this is a massive tool. They've allowed yeah. a lot of the, the hymns to work well with guitars as well, which is just, uh, that's been a challenge, you know, musically, generally speaking. And so they've done a lot of the legwork there and, um, you know, tweaked some things where they needed to. But yeah, no, very, very good. So do go yep. check out the Reformed University Fellowship uh, hymn book. But yeah, good crew over there. And uh, of course, Jeremy Cassell has got these free albums. So go go get that. Go Go listen to it. Very, very good. All right, so what do you think? What do you think of Nick's, uh, Nick's throw in there? Yeah, I mean, I don't... Um, I think... I think uh, although I would like to make one correction. One correction is that uh, I did actually try and involve Nick in my Sabbath conversation, but he was on holiday. So... Yeah, well, you know Send what? Send him an email and everything. Might have, might have been a merciful providence. <laughs> yeah, he would not have. He would not have been a happy camper. Nick, the- Nick got hold of me on the phone. He was like, "Listen, I stopped. I had to stop listening. I had to stop listening halfway. <laughs> These guys don't know what they're talking about." <laughs> I was just, you know, I think for him, it's just like, a, you know, if I if I expose them, then I'm embarrassed to be part of them, and yet I'm part of them. So should I expose them? I think that's the kind of the 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 existential crisis he's going through right now. Okay. <laughs> so he's well, just decided, definitely sorry to put him through existential crisis, but he's just decided yeah. to forbear. I think. Yeah. No, so the Sabbath is an interesting one. I thought 
that uh, the Lutheran view would agree more with that view, the kind of, as Chris puts it, the mature client view. Yeah. But basically, am I? Whew. You're going super robot on me. Uh, 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 am I back? Uh, <laughs> the remix. Um, so yeah, sorry. You were saying mature Klein. Uh, sh- you thought it would be more in alignment. No, it's not. I didn't think. Yeah, I yeah. thought it would be more. I thought it was quite similar to the Luther thing, but it's not. It's a totally different way of getting there. But I thought you raised some interesting points about the the justification thing and the new perspective on Paul. Mm. And I think it would be good to. to have a look at that sometimes. I would definitely like to be a part of the conversation because mm. it's something that I've had to do while I'm thinking about because basically, um, you know, Tom Wright being, a, <coughs> you know, the Bishop of Durham, formerly the Bishop of Durham, mm-hmm. so he had a massive impact on Anglicanism. Mm-hmm. And um, even, even at St. Helens where I was, a lot of the guys there were starting to read Romans like, uh, like Tom Wright would. Mm. Um, but so I don't know, I don't know if that's where you want to go today, but well, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I've already recorded one with Nick on covenantal gnomism. So he, uh, he wanted to get that out and, um, we could, um, but I think it's just one of those things that you really, you have to just do a little bit more and more, you know, more and more digging as I was saying then, I mean, you know, there's just, I would love to. Be able to say authoritatively, um, Jordan, you're wrong. You know, um, actually, there is a one for one correspondence. Actually, James White is right, and I just don't feel like I'm there. So that's definitely my homework uh, cut out for me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, any 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 um, progress towards that point is, I think, helpful for everyone. Because yeah. I think my my issue with Tom Wright is that basically he ended up going to a faith and works kind of thing, which was, you know, almost Roman Catholic, um, like some kind of quasi-Roman Catholic view. And I guess that was my, that was my issue with it. Um, the, the, and it's built on this idea that actually what's going on in Galatians is purely kind of an ethnic thing, that mm. Jews were forcing Gentiles to become Jews. Mm. Um, but I just don't think that that swears with all of the arguments. So, um, off the top of my head, I haven't got Galatians open in front of me, but off the top of my head, um, I think it's like Galatians 4, 4, like 412 or something, 410, 412, where it talks about uh, the Gentiles also being, you know, under the, uh, or, or returning, if they return to the law, it's like returning to their pagan religions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really strong language where you equate going back to Judaism with going back to paganism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like really, really, really strong, strong language. So, and then, you know, he also talks about the Christian being, uh, um, you know, if they put themselves under one law, they put themselves under the whole law. So for Paul, the issue is more than just... Uh, um, is more than just a Jewish one. It's about it's about needing to keep the whole law, 
as a way to be justified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so even if the, the pressure was Peter not eating with, with Gentile Christians when the Jews are around, and that may have made them feel like they needed to become Jewish to be truly Christian, mm-hmm. Paul's concern was that if you put yourself under the Mosaic Covenant, um, you, have to, uh, you have to keep all of the law in order to be saved. And he equates that with what it's like to be pagan. So he's saying that basically that's the same way it works in paganism. In paganism, you have to be perfect. Mm. You have to obey completely, and everything like that, mm-hmm. um, in order to have a hope. You have to appease the gods through your, through your acts of obedience and sacrifice and whatever. And uh, that's, if you go back to Judaism, you may as well go back to that. So mm-hmm. he, he equates the same principle. I think, what does he call it? The, the principle of the, the elemental spirits or something like that. The, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. And, uh, the elementary principles of the world. Elementary principles. Now, have you, and what's so interesting about that, um, and just this is a bit of a, it's been a bit of a mind blow for me, but uh, with um, just, I've just, well, it's been quite a while now, but I've read, I've been reading a lot of Van Drunen, and, um, and since he pointed out that that elementary spirits thing, uh, he makes this massive argument that that is basically natural law. Right, which I had not even I had not even considered, but um, <laughs> that's amazing, you know. So that means he's saying, don't be bound to natural law, um, and in which case, you know, he's saying, don't whether it be the the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments, that you're falling under again in terms of legalism or the elementary spirits, which is the natural law equivalent. Um, isn't that isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's it's almost like the Adamic covenant. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It you know, is. In, in the sense it's the of idea. The covenant works in creation. Yeah. So th- I, I thought that was very helpful, and it it yeah it has a lot to do with what you're saying there. In that, um, you know, one way or another, you're getting down to that law legalism thing. Sure. You know. Now the the dissimilarity between that and something like Catholicism, right? Um, and from Wright is saying. Hmm. Uh, which I'm basically just going to equate with Catholicism because it's very hard to pin down what he is saying, what he isn't saying. So exactly. I'm just going to, you know, yeah, I'm just going to throw it in that pile. Uh, yeah, sounds good. <clears throat> the the um, the the dissimilarity is that Roman Catholics are not saying that you should either go back to the the covenant of works in the garden, and they're not saying that you should go back to the Mosaic covenant. They're saying you very much need to come from the covenant of circumcision to the covenant of baptism. Mm. Um, That you know you you need to you need to become a Christian. You need to stay Christian. You need to not go back there. So um, no no Roman Catholic who's operating an Orthodox Roman Catholic doctrine is going to be okay. Um, I mean, my slight hesitation is because it sounds a bit like that in Vatican II, but I, I don't know. I'll leave that to the Roman Catholic. But the the, <clears throat> the, the issue is um, that they're, they're not saying go back to a, a covenant of works where you have to obey in order to be blessed or a covenant of of uh, the Mosaic covenant, where, which is operating on the same principle. They are... Uh, uh, 
at worst, they're guilty of going back to a kind of faith and obedience to Christ. Mm. Um, so you must believe in Christ and obey Christ in order to be saved. Mm. And the difficulty there is that it's not a straight equivalent. So, um, the other thing that's worth, that, that's worth bearing in mind is that the way Paul talks to the Galatians is different to the way he talks to the Judaizers. Mm. So, you know, he, he says to the Judaizers, may you be eternally condemned, mm-hmm. go and castrate yourself. Um, but he says to the Galatians, mm. you know, I'm mm. pleading with you, mm. you know, as mm. you know, do not go there because if you leave the new covenant and go back to the old covenant, you are going to cut yourself off from Christ. Yeah. You can't have, have it both ways. But no Roman Catholic is saying, go back to the old covenant. Right, right. So there's the difference. We just found similarities, but right. there's the difference. Yeah. They're that knife edge, right? They're just, I mean, you couldn't bring it closer to, to actually functionally wanting to go back to that old covenant scenario in that they've essentially duplicated it in the new covenant. But, yeah. um, but yeah, they're not saying it. <laughs> so it's, it's difficult. Uh, but I agree. I agree. There's nuance yeah. there. And for the sake of just trying to find unity where we can find it, I think it's always worth looking at. Um, and yeah. I, th- I think also one of the things that's helped me, I've been listening to a lot of Taylor Marshall. Um, I, I think we've mentioned him on the, it's kind of, he's another yeah. guy, another one of our, yeah. what should we call him, Andre? Yeah. Our little man crushes, man crush maybe? I don't know. I think you crush over him more than I do. I think I'm oh, more of a, really? if oh. I crush over a Catholic. Oh, Mr. Yeah, Catholic man. I think so. Look, I'm not saying I don't, I don't, I don't listen to <laughs> I, I intentionally listen to a lot Catholic input, but I'm more of a, a, a Trent Horn crusher. Okay. Touche. Yeah, the Taylor Marshall guy. Taylor Marshall, so. he, uh, he wrote his, his dissertation on Aquinas. I was looking at it when I was looking at natural law for the, you know, he's one of the guys and he's done a helpful study guide, you know, working through Aquinas. So he's just one of those, um, Aqu- well, he's an Aquinas specialist. And, um, and he's also what got my interest is that he came from Westminster Seminary. Uh, this is the Philadelphia campus. So, um, so he did the reform training, went Anglican, went Rome, and so it's just you know he's one of those guys that he knows what he is. He, he's written a lot of books about it. He's talked about it. So he his basic journey is through covenant to uh, a, almost yeah. a mono covenantal understanding, which makes it very relevant for for this podcast and the kind of thing we normally talk about. Uh, he, he journeyed to, yeah. to a completely Norman Shepherd like Roman, uh, at least, sorry, mono covenantalism. And then uh, he thought, well, you know, if we're going to do that, you know, really, at the end of the day, let's, why are we leaving so much of that behind? You know, all of those things. And then it was just a matter of connecting the dots to, you know, synagogue worship and yeah. really Jewish custom and seeing how Rome has duplicated that or continued with it. And, that's the lure, you know. Uh, but anyways, he is, one thing I like mm-hmm. about him is that he hasn't gone in the way of, of Jason Stellman, you know. Uh, he's got a he's got a, a backbone and conviction there. Yeah. And um, he, he, you know, he's like... Yeah. He's a very devout, devout. Very devout. You know, you've always got to respect that at some level. The guy's following, um, you know, what he thinks is, is right. Um, and listening to... He's got a great podcast, though, which is helpful. 
just to get clued in. It's just one of the one of the avenues I like to. I mean, I, I don't have a lot going on in terms of keeping up with what's happening in Rome, but I like the way that he keeps up with the current events. It's kind of brought me into the loop, and um, you know, it's weird. I find myself listening to him and agreeing with him. Like if I was ever Roman Catholic, I totally agree with him. I'd be exactly the same. So what does that say about me? I'm probably like fundamentalist, yeah. you know, but I would, I would, you know, he's, he's sort of saying like, Hey, why is the Pope messing around with all these photo shoots? You know, he's the Holy father, you know, he needs to be yeah. praying. That's what he, fasting, praying, preaching the word. <laughs> like, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I see what he's saying, you know? Um, and yeah. things like, you know, Hey, why, if this is what the church is taught, I've bought into solo ecclesia hook, line and sinker. Solo scripture yeah. is not a problem for me. So, tell me what to do church why are you holding back you know why are we not embracing the marian yeah. dogma what's going yeah. on you know um he's just mm-hmm. tradition all the way so you know uh where was i going with it i can't even remember but basically well it's how we got into it i i mean i got my 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 interest in catholicism slightly different in the sense that um i i've had to take a very strong stand against it <clears throat> because Basically, there's a lot of pressure in our church to join an organization called Churches Together, mm-hmm. which is all churches in Felix, though, apart from us, um, who are not part of this union of churches, which includes Quakers, and who knows what they believe, <laughs> and, uh, right, and, right. and Roman Catholics. So I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not formally joining a union of churches when some of the churches on churches. Like that's, I'm just mm-hmm. not doing that. No. And... Um, as a as a result, people have kind of left the church, and you know they get fed up with this, and they call us fundamentalists. And so, mm. um, a couple of guys left our church to go to Roman Catholic. Uh, so one of them became actually left and became a nun. Um, <laughs> and it was um, it, it, so I had to I had to very very quickly make sure that I was talking talking fairly because, you know, I would talk about the Council of Trent and they would talk about Vatican. And it's very clear that actually I just, I needed to, to, to learn what was going on. Right. The pleasant surprise for me, the pleasant surprise for me is that I found that actually there are some things I've learned from Catholicism, um, which are quite helpful and quite good, uh, that, you know, in the sense that as I've been thinking through the differences between Catholicism and Protestantism, and it's helped me to think more clearly on stuff. But also, um, there are some things about Roman Catholicism and some of their critiques of evangelicalism that I've really been able to take on board and say, do you know what, that is not wrong. That's not a wrong critique. Mm. Um, you know, and um, like uh, the, classic, the classic example, um, it would be the way they critique evangelicals for basically everybody being their own pope. Which is the kind of thing we you know, critique evangelicals so, for, yeah. So, precisely. Yeah. But you look at that and you think, you're right. Our, you know, Protestant churches, we're not our own popes. No. And so we've got to work harder at understanding the difference between sola scripture and yeah. solo scripture. And if you need more info on that, just read some Daryl Hart, who will uh, beat you to a pulp with. Um, with the need to get into some sort of confession, just basically saying, don't, you know, church history is important. Tradition is super important. And uh, we are not giving up on tradition. Yeah. That's never been the goal. You know, look at Luther, look at Lutheran, uh, Lutheranism, as we've seen already uh, in the recent discussions. Uh, the Reformed Church certainly has held tradition high. The confessions have a, um, a ministerial, not a magisterial place, but they have a place. 
And um, and as soon as you start yeah. moving into this, I'm um, own Pope Lone Star Christianity stuff. It's just basically, um, you know, it's 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 one way to trouble. Did I say Lone Star? It's not even a thing. It's Lone Ranger. I mean, you might have said like, I mean, Lone, Lone Star's like Marshall Brave Star. Marshall Brave Star Christianity. Marshall Brave Star. What was the the horse's name again? I can never remember the horse. Right. It was, I'm, t- I'm yeah, too old. Yeah, that massive shotgun. Oh, man. <laughs> so, to uh, come back to your original point, there was just that, you know, what, what even listening to a heavy fundamentalist sort of Roman Catholic coming out of, of reformed yeah. thinking, what that's, you, you would have thought that that would have a, a, a more adverse effect on me. I would have, I sort of went into it expecting to be more, like I, I know for sure that I have no intention of moving in a Roman Catholic direction. I think they've got it fundamentally wrong and we can leave that for a, for another time. Yeah. But, but in terms of just yeah. that, that ultimate, um, you know, I would have thought I'd be more certain on the Galatian heresy stuff, you know? Um, right. And I think maybe, I think the way that they at least attempt to explain things by way of grace um, is more than you would see those yeah. Galatian heresies do, uh, Galatian heretics do. Um, you know, man, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like no, it's right, it's right. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's, it's not an equivalent. It's absolutely right because if you read um, through, I was trying to find it. I'm trying to find it in my thing because if you read through their stuff on on salvation and justification, they do speak in a language. Yeah. So I'm going to come back and, and nuance this, but they, mm-hmm. they, they speak in a, in a, in a language of grace and, you know, saved by grace, saved by faith, saved by Christ. He's the only savior, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is not there in, in Galatians so clearly, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, in terms of, in terms of what was going on with the, with the Judaizers, it's a different sort of way of talking. So it's not a direct equivalent. Mm. However, the problem with Roman Catholicism is that even though it sounds very gracious and sounds very Protestant and would sound a lot like a Protestant presentation of the gospel some of the time, Mm. the rest of the system Mm. undermines that. Mm. And then you go back to the thing and you think, well, how could they believe that about justification and then have this whole system of penance and, 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 and whatever? And it's because of the stuff they don't say. Mm. It's basically because the, it's the omission of loans, mm. which means that, you know, they can say, I'm saved by Christ, I'm saved by grace, but they also have this system of stuff you've got to do. Mm. And, uh, and it's because, it's, yeah, so you've got to read it carefully. Mm-hmm. But look, one of the benefits of, of false teaching is that it forces us to think more clearly on stuff. Like we wouldn't have the Nicene Creed mm-hmm. uh, um, without guys like Arius, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's in God and His providence, uses false teaching to draw truth in a, in a clearer way. Amen. So, yeah, and so thought journeys like this are important. You know, I was thinking about it today. I um, I I actually get you know because it's quite an unreasonable expectation to you know become a christian and then expect that you're never going to change denominations or move in a certain direction it's almost like i feel like i'm a little bit more worried i mean it, it look it could be true that someone just hits the jackpot and gets the right denomination up front like you you know they kind of just yeah. you just went straight into the reformed church from the from the get-go um you know well done <laughs> 
well, yeah, everyone's going, yay, well done. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch, I'm like going through every, starting off with LNG White, then going to the charismatic church, you know? I mean, it's just like, dude. But um, it's, probab- it's probably the case that someone's going to have to figure out, you know, where they need to end up. It's going to be pretty weird if someone just, hey, I'm going to land on Church of Christ. There we go. I'm Church of Christ. And never never bothers to think about it. I'm going to land on Presbyterianism. I'm going to land on baptism. I, I get, I have a weird sort of comfort when people move a little bit, you know? So when I see these guys that are sort of changing and making big paradigm shifts, obviously you could have something bad going on there. And that's always a possibility one way or another. But you know, you got to appreciate that, you know, for anyone that's really going to be looking at the stuff, there's going to be some shifting in the way that you think. You've got to be open to that at some level. Um, um, I hopefully pray that I've gone through all of that already and I feel like I've landed, you know, at a place where although there'll be continual shifting, it'll be more fine tuning. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's always just, it's just, um, uh, I think it's important to just put that on the table and say, uh, make sure to, to look at things. Don't just, don't just pretend like everything's good. You know, Uh, it's almost like apologetics in that regard. No one's expecting everyone to get every apologetic fact right before becoming a Christian. But if you're affronted by a certain thing after becoming a Christian, and there's a heap of information there that could really help you or, you know, uh, you know, move you in a, in a different direction, you need to look at that. I get frustrated whenever I talk to Mormons because they don't do that. You know, I, I know that if they only had to just simply yeah. read the material, they would not be Mormons anymore and that would be to their benefit. Um, so, yeah. you know, you know, as soon as we're moving away from that mindset, I think we're in a dangerous place. So anyways, uh, there we go. A little philosophical thought for the day. We must grow like trees. <laughs> um, there's a guy in, in my church. He is an elder. Um, and elder for ages, he's like hardcore reformed Baptist. So he passes on to me all of his Reformation Today magazines. Um, you know, he's constantly trying to get me to go to the Kerry Conference, which is a reformed Baptist conference, yeah. And, uh, um, and it's great. Like, I love it. I love reading the Reformed Today, Reformation Today magazines, and I love reading the... I, 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 I did go to the Kerry Conference and with... Um, what's his name? Uh, Relation commentary. Um, I've got Beak in my mind. Bill. That, that's it. <clears throat> so uh, Bill was there, and it was fantastic. Like, it was a great conference. Um, so I'm preaching through Genesis 1 to 3, and, and I'm preaching on the creation week. And I'm, I'm, I'm going for the, um, I'm going for the uh, framework thing. Like, I'm just, I'm just doing it. I'm mm-hmm. going there. The forming and filling, you know, and not literal 24-hour days. Uh, the whole thing, I'm trying to, trying to say, listen, at the very least, you need to see this as a legitimate Christian view of, of creation. Mm. Um, he's looking at his Bible, he's listening to me, and he comes back to me like a week later, he's, and he totally changed his mind. He's like 80 years old. Wow. He's like steeped in the Reformed tradition. He knows his Bible. He knows his doctrine. He changed his view wow. on creation after wow. hearing a sermon. Wow. Like you, you, and I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying like for the, for the guys, the, the literal six days out there tearing their hair out. I'm not even saying that that's necessarily like, you know, so obviously I think that's a good, 
a good move, a, a healthy move. But even if you disagree with it, the whole thing that he's willing to look at the scriptures and change his mind, like that is a mark of maturity. It's like a Berean it really thing. Is. It's a Berean I've thing. I've never seen it's a Berean I mean, they I've were never commended. seen yeah. anything like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if get... you aren't reading the Bible so that your mind can be changed, what are you reading the Bible for? What are you for? doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's the bad part of tradition, you know, one way or another, where you have, whether you have it written down or not, you know. That's, um, be careful to point your fingers at a Roman Catholic tradition when, you know, you've got your unwritten yeah. version of it that you are holding as dogmatically to yeah. as your own Pope. So you've got to be careful of that. <clears throat> um, yeah. we got to we got to wrap it up. But, you know, I think um, just on that Berean point, can you imagine moving from Judaism to Christianity on the basis of what you were taught in the Bible. I mean, talk about a paradigm shift. I mean, it would be amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think of those, you think of those first century Jews, you know, who are converting to messianic faith. Wow. And it's just like, this is, it's incredible. Mm. You know, and for, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like becoming someone from the, Spanish Inquisition and then like becoming a Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, it's, it's almost unthinkable. <laughs> so true. I was thinking about that the other day. I was just, man, and no wonder they got commended, you know, and wow, what a thing that is to be a Berean. Um, I've mentioned this before, but the, I think the dispensational movement is, it, it needs to receive a similar commendation, you know, uh, having started at such a whack place, you know, but with the desire to be good Bible students. I mean, look how they've moved themselves towards something that's very, very faithful well, in many ways. Well, you're talking about the progressive dispensation. Well, you know, but I mean, you look the, at the, the uh, you look at the, the headquarters for dispensationalism today. I think used about five, ten years ago, it was only one guy that was a classical dispensationalist. So really, that they've worked that right out of the system, which is like, when do you ever hear of any theology doing that no tradition works themselves towards mm. the bible they're always like going in some bad direction these guys are so rigorous you know they just wanted to uh, it's yeah. it's just proven yeah. it's proven the point you know if you just stick to the bible well, even if you go through some sorry, crazy parts I heard, about. It, um, I heard about it it was like a cult um it was a worldwide church of god or something and then yeah. they became grace international Com- have you heard of that? Um, like no. They totally just went back to the Trinity. Yeah. Wow. It's, like, it's a, a full-on cult. And then when, when the cult leader died, the remaining leaders all got together and said, I'm not sure our, our, some of the core doctrines of our faith are biblical. And they went from being non-Trinitarian to being Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they changed a, a whole bunch of other... Uh, other views. It's now called um, International Grace Communion or something like that. Awesome. And it's it, so they, the majority kept control of the organization and moved it into what is now a, a worldwide denomination that's Orthodox and Christian. Um, and I just, again, it's unheard of, you know, Profound. like a cult moving itself Profound. back into true Christianity. It's mm. like just, yeah, and you think, well, praise God, you know, there's, it's, it's against the grain. It's like almost unprecedented mm. in history, and mm. it's just, it's happened, you know. It gives me hope for 
um, like things like the Church of England, which yep. are like heading super, you know, there are there are hardcore evangelicals, solid reformed Anglicans who are within the Church of England fighting for the denomination. And I've always said to them, you guys are naive. You know, mm. it's just not going to happen. Mm. You know, you, you're, you're fighting in there like you're going to win it back. You're not. But actually hearing about things like that makes me think, do you know what? Maybe, maybe it could happen. Maybe it could happen. Totally. Yeah, sticking to the Bible. That's the way to go. It, gives, it does give you encouragement. Just stick to those words, you know. And uh, a lot of people yeah. pretend to stick to them. But, yeah, I mean, if you actually do it, if you actually try, yeah. you know, I mean, we've got to be kept on a, some, some level of similarity and, and direction together. All right. So that's about 50 minutes. Ready for the outro? <laughs> that's good. All right, here we go. Deep breath. 